conversate for a few. Hustle, welcome. Man, they had to send me Hustle from Raleigh, live from NC With your hosts, John and Allen Relate to the two You are now listening to Conversate for a few Check it on SoundCloud, debate with your crew They talking hip-hop from the late to the new From July till June end No Fridays for me, tune in Please listen to this podcast 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 Please listen to this podcast. 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 Conversate for a few. Welcome to the next episode of Conversate for a Few. I'm Jonna. I'm Alan. This is not a podcast about classical music. <laughs> Absolutely is not. This is a podcast about hip hop. What are we doing today, bro? Are we talking about the business music today not music business but the business music yeah that's that's something we coined the phrase we coined <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah. since it's what 90 percent business 10 percent music you might as well say the business yeah. first right yeah. right sounds good gotta get the business straight um and so of course we got a special guest that i'm gonna let you introduce for sure for sure all right um, boy, on this episode, man, we got one of my brothers, man. This dude, feel I feel like for a fact, I ain't even got to feel like it. I know there's no way I would have gotten to any of the success that I got to in life without this man by my side, yo. Um, he was like the if you if you know writer's block, then there's there's it was a triumphant. You know what I mean? It was me, AK, and Dallas. You know what I'm saying? And Dallas was like the, I don't even know how to, the, the engine. You know what I mean? Business-minded uh, animal, just a real beast, a go-getter. He ended up being called the general, general after at the writer's block, so we're going to get to that. Not not necessarily today. We might not get all the way to it today, but we definitely going to have a conversation. But I just want y'all to know, man, I'm talking about D-Boy, D-Boy G, D-Boy General, Dallas Leak. Man, a nigga, I love with all my heart. Hey, respect, That's man. Fact. I, 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 I greatly appreciate sure. that, man. I, I appreciate. I'm humbled by the invite to be a part of the podcast, be a part of the show, man. Y- y'all niggas doing great shit for the culture. Um, it's it's something that 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 I feel like people need to sink their teeth into, expand their ideas and expand their knowledge. Um, because man, at the end of the day, man, hip hop is 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 great as we make it be and that and i'm not just talking about the music side of things but if we don't exalt our culture nobody else will so the fact that 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 you and alan taking the time to you know to touch on these topics and touch on the culture and touch touch on you know what what people in here and and the impact of 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 us spitting our lives the music and what we've been Mm -hmm. doing since you know, we knew what a beat was and knew what a song was, man. It's it's a beautiful Fact. thing. So, like I said, man, I'm humbled and I'm greatly appreciative to be a part of this, man. Man, I sure appreciate you being here, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been too long. It's been yeah. too long in the making. It's been too man, long. God, in the time making. and always right, man. We right on time. <laughs> Ain't it? 
Always, <laughs> always, always on time, fam. That's a fact. Um, yo, uh, I don't even know where to start. Where you want to start, Alan? What you want to do? Mm. Um. Wow. Let's I, let's start with in our pre in our pre podcast conversation. <laughs> he he made a, a, a important statement, and I, I would like to kind of pick up there where he mentioned how Jay Z's success, although reasonable doubt is like now a world, you know renowned album and just received like high praise but at that time he was like it was nothing special about him from a business like a record exec standpoint mm-hmm. right he didn't really pop he said until he went independent so I kind of wanted him to um, kind of just pick up there talking about the indie perspective of the business music okay and right before you do that I want to I want to preface that with I think yeah. the statement that led up to that. Okay, go ahead. And it was have, yeah, what hip hop is selling is culture. Right. Right. We just got, they just had to figure out how to monetize it. And somebody figured out how to monetize it before we did. Well, I mean, right. Yeah. And then we pivoted to Jay Z figuring it out and creating a new situational solution for artists going forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, let's, let's talk three from a pop perspective, and let's mm-hmm. go back to Chuck Berry. Let's go back to Fats Domino. Let's go back to to these rock and roll cats that were breaking the game, breaking new sounds, breaking new images, and the, monetation, the, the monetizing wasn't there. The idolizing was there, right. because then you get your Elvis, and you get the copycats who make, who make music history after these guys. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I mean, talk Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton. You talk about his the the impact of Hendrix. So the culture of 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 black people, African Americans, has always been monetized, but we just want the ones getting the money. So Facts. so Jay Z coming out of the priority deal kind of set the stage for okay, there's a new doing business, and are you willing to bet on yourself? Because it was people that had money, but the the even you know, Abe, you brought up a great point where you said if he would have got a deal, then there then there is no Rockefeller Records independently. That doesn't that doesn't happen. But that but that Rockefeller mm-hmm. deal was a landmark in in hip hop history because now the leverage is is with the artist. It's not just the artist looking for a deal; it's the artist having legs and leverage with which to stand to say. Hey, this is how I want to do business. This is how I want you to distribute my album, as opposed to you know you dictating the terms to me. And I mean, when you're talking about mm-hmm. the business music, as you referenced it, it all starts with leverage. Who's got the leverage? If everybody is doing the same thing, then okay. But once you step out and you have a different construct, now you can charge people to be a part of that. And that's exactly what Jay Z did. And the returns on that changed the game Absolutely. across the board for everybody that followed. Well, everybody that was smart enough mm-hmm. to follow. That's a fact. Uh, <clears throat> okay. That's a fact. Because this is one thing we talk about on here is every that's important that you say that. One thing, it, everybody that was smart enough to follow, I think we were all tricked 
by the deal. Oh, yeah. Like the deal was almost like winning mm-hmm. the championship. It was something right. to take back home with mm-hmm. you. I got a deal. You know, it was it was it was the equivalent of a degree, mm-hmm. a good ass job. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what it that's what it was. Going pro in the league, it was equivalent to those things. Except the deal is never in your interest. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the deal is the, the, the deal is never in your interest uh, without that keyword that mm-hmm. you said. Leverage. And even and even when you have right. the leverage, the first thing that's going right. to happen is your leverage is going to they're going to attempt to devalue your leverage. But the one thing that's universal mm-hmm. that nobody can dispute is dollars. <laughs> and, you know, with having the financial freedom and well, I don't say freedom, but fight the financial flexibility to be able to sit down at the table mm-hmm. and be like, huh, I don't really need you right now. You know, there and you I mean, go. you know, mm-hmm. you know, with our situation, you know, when, when we were, when we were working a record, uh, a very important record to our careers and, and we got our first mm-hmm. offer from a label and that offer won't shit. And we said, no, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I ain't gonna, ain't gonna say no names. I know exactly but, uh, what you're talking about. But they're offering shit. And we sat down and we, and we put our heads together and we said, you know what? We, is, we're not going to do, do it. But yeah. This money doesn't make a difference for us. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't move right. the needle. It's a token gesture. And we came back and got five times that amount for the exact same composition. And you know, that mm-hmm. is that is the nature of what the leverage is and also being willing to bet on yourself because a lot of people just ain't willing to do that because the deal is a blanket. It's a comfort zone. And anybody's offer is exactly yeah. mm-hmm. and probably the worst thing in the world for you. And, I mean, you know, we've experienced that firsthand numerous times. Every single time somebody handed us a piece of paper. Every time they ain't, it ain't been a time somebody handed us a piece of paper and it was an outlet. It is not gonna ever be. <laughs> well, I, well, I, well, I, think you know what I, mean? I mean, I would like to think, and this is my boundless mm-hmm. optimism, but I would like to think that eventually these labels, and I, and I think there is a movement there to, to look at artists as partners, genuine partners, like okay, you're good and you're going to make money, but I want to make money be. along with you. I want to help project what you're capable of. And I think the artists that are hugely successful mm-hmm. have that type of relationship with hugely consistently successful. Let me, let, me, let me modify and specify that a little bit. But I think that those are the ones who, who have those types of relationships within their camp with whoever their distribution, label, whatever you want to call it is. Um, because it requires a partnership. It's just like a producer and an artist brand has got to be a marriage. And if, if, if it's not mm-hmm. balanced, if both parties don't feel like they're winning, it's not sustainable. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, now to, I think it goes into um, something you said earlier about having leverage um, to be a partner for an artist to be entered into a partnership, they would have to have something that the labels see as value outside mm-hmm. of just the music. They would have to have 
they would have to have something, some bargaining chips for them to enter into a partnership because, right, it's about making money for for not just the artists so much. Most artists, they are usually artists first, businessmen second, generally. If at all. Uh, mm-hmm. If it, right, if at all. <laughs> but, um, but I think that goes into how when people sign deals, they end up and they don't have ownership, you know, mm-hmm. of their own music because they came to the table with nothing. Well, the thing is, is if you come into the, I think that's the difference. That's the, that's okay. the major difference. I think that's where we, I think that's where Jay-Z made the fork in the road that Dallas was talking about because we always went looking for the deal. And if you're going to go looking for the deal, then you already at a disadvantage. Right. And, to, and they know that. And they know that. And today's times, what the independent thought is, is to work and they, until they come talk to me. Because when instead of going to look for them, because if I'm already working and I'm already doing, that's the independent way of thinking about it. I'm going to go ahead and put these records on the street. I'm going to go ahead and start this engine. And by the time they get here, they're going to have to run alongside me to talk to me. I'm not going to be pulling up to them. So I do have the leverage because they're coming to me because they want to become a part of the situation. I think that's what lends itself to the partnership part of it. You're going to have to do the groundwork yourself. Mm-hmm. Your talent don't do it no more. Your talent ain't enough to even really get you a deal half the time no more. Mm-hmm. That that that, in my opinion, that has passed. That era has passed. With ooh, this person is talented as shit. I'm gonna get him a record deal. They don't give a damn about that no more. Right? Yeah, because they don't need raw talent to sell. They can make the music the music sell without. And it's, and it's also an NFL model. You know, you you catch motherfuckers on their rookie deal, right? So when you catch them on their rookie deal, yep. they have no history. They have no leverage. So they take what the yep. rookie deal structure is. Okay, when it's time to re-up, you're not a rookie anymore. Now you get paid like a veteran, right? Which is a totally different mm-hmm. pay scale, exponentially so, positively to the artist. Well, you know what? Like you just said, Alan, the talent really doesn't matter. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a similar artist with a similar skill set and a similar mm-hmm. look, and I'm gonna microwave that up so I can sign him on his rookie get deal to get the same that I was getting mm-hmm. before. And you know, you see artists that transcend that, but artists that transcend and book that trend are superstars. Everybody else, superstars. Exactly, everybody That's what I was about else to say. becomes yep. a oh, he was hot, he had a big record, and. That's it. And even quality of music. You mm-hmm. might get the best music ever from that artist after that, but because he's not in a veteran deal, he doesn't get the exposure. He doesn't get that machine behind him in the same manner. Um, you think about some of the some of the mm-hmm. dope artists that, you know, some of the dopest artists that that I think are in the game right now, you know, A. You know, we, we talk about, you know, every time me and Dave talk, it's usually about somebody that's new and hot that's not getting any publicity or any any marketing and promotion, mm-hmm. no MP at all. And it's because they don't, they're not going to sign the Ricky deal. They don't want that. So they'd rather be independent and get 80% of something, get 
no percent of of the of the bigger pie um and that's and that's kind of how the game works out man is and it's tragic that you know there's not a there's not a way you know you know like the nfl has the players players association basically uh uh, a collective bargaining on the on the players' behalf, and right. you would think that the PROs would fill that mm-hmm. role. Um, it would be a natural opportunity for them to make sure that the people who make the music that make the PROs money, the performing right performing rights organizations, were were taken care of mm-hmm. and are are stable to continue to make music. But like A said, I mean, from day one, the music is viewed as invaluable. I mean, view without value. I mean, so with that being said, like you don't have right. people saying, "Oh man, this is great music. We owe it to ourselves to put it out." Those are the mavericks. Those are the exceptions. Those are the outliers. The rest of it is based on that business, mm-hmm. which just uses music as a vehicle. Right. Yeah. And, and for y'all young ones out there, performing rights organizations, PROs, you heard your artists, your favorite artists talk about they ASCAP and they BMIs and that. That's what that is. So you need to understand that. Yeah. Don't just hear it and let it go through one ear and go and, out the other. And, you're and talking it. about PROs, uh-huh. I'm going to take a shot right now. Um, I, don't, I, mm-hmm. I personally have not had this issue, but um, just the, just the, the information that I've heard about ASCAP delaying or not or postponing payments to artists because of the COVID-19 situation. I mean, with an organization that big, I mean, you, you have to, you have to lead the right way. And, and I hope that any artist that's listening, you know, before you sign up with, with ASCAP, um, do your research. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not anti-ASCAP, but I'm anti-exploitation. So I, hear um, I think it's very important that you Facts. that you do your homework and and make sure you align yourself with somebody that's going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. See? See, that's the yeah. thing. That's the thing. This is, this is part of the uh, conversation that you'll remember, uh, Alan, that we was having when Ruse was on. This is mm-hmm. these types of conversations is one that, that take care of the young niggas that we didn't have and older niggas telling us this shit. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like I had to literally read every book I could get my hands on so that I, I understood the things that we talking about now. You know. Yeah. Um things is moving a lot faster. And I don't know that these kids I I know hell most of most of the kids when I was a kid wasn't taking the time to read. So I know damn well they're not doing it now. <laughs> oh no. So, you see what I'm saying? Like, I was one of the few yeah. people in my around me that knew the information I knew. Well, it's, well, it's not common knowledge, you know. I mean, so, how, many, how many times? No, how many you got to go you get it. To talk about advantages of performing right or, or performing rights organizations. Never had those. Conversations. We never had those conversations, but that's a conversation we're gonna have on uh, <laughs> conversate for a few. I think. I think we just I think we just I mean, lit something because when we talk yeah. about you know the business music, okay. So what does that really look like in a decision making process? What does your management team look like? How are you working splits with your producers? You know, those are the things that mm-hmm. that as we as we talk about the culture, the culture is going to make money. Period. Black people it is. have been marketable from day one. People idolize Egyptians. 
I mean, like, come on, bro. Like, this is this mm-hmm. is a cultural, there's a cultural draw to the African American culture. I mean, and hip hop mm-hmm. is a, an extremely accessible vehicle for that culture. It is cool, it's hip, it's got a slang. The the music is is engaging, it's yeah. Malleable. And, it's, and you know what? And another thing mm-hmm. is, we are a very welcoming <clears throat> culture. Over overly exactly. so to the point that exactly. sometimes to our own detriment, to our own we will, detriment, we will, yeah. we will embrace recycled forms of our own product and say, "Oh man, it's dope!" And yeah. and I'm gonna keep it 100. I'm a victim of it. I love Post Malone. Yo, you took the words out my motherfucking mouth, yo. (laughs) I was like, I do it because I listen to posts. (laughs) I was I I was just about to make the same. And that that goes back to the welcoming culture. Like neither one of us is like, man, we ain't fucking with him because he don't fit our profile. But when you go back and you listen to the record that I feel like really broken, congratulations. It's a culture jack. Mm -hmm. Like it's a hundred. 10% 10% of culture. Jack. For I watched sure. that video like last week and I was like, Absolutely. Yo, like, damn. Like, if this would have been a black dude doing that same record, do I really? Yeah. Fuck with it? I might Fact. not like this. Not at I all. I wouldn't have been like, Yo, this shit crazy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. I totally get it. Just like, I mean, the whole Bill Bonds and Bentley's album. If 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 that's a black dude, I mean, it doesn't. I think I like it, but I don't think I think it's as crazy as I thought it was because I yeah. my expectations. You don't you don't you, you don't you don't expect because it is posty dude. And but here's the thing: here's the business nah. side of it. Now, when you see a black artist, and <laughs> and I hate to say this, but I think I'm a victim of it too. Until I see him with a big white lawyer or something, he ain't made it. Right? Mm. But or or mm-hmm. or a big white executive or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Well known, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. Post mm-hmm. was smart enough to have a management team and a directional team around him that represented the culture. So he inverted That's a fact. what the what the status quo was, because you wouldn't you wouldn't I don't think he he gets the acceptance that he gets without the business team around him. Now I don't know who picked who. Somebody yeah, they was definitely the pick. You know, well, whoever. Yeah, they picked him. I've I've heard mm-hmm. I've heard the manager that the black dude that that yeah, was managed. Right I can't now, remember I can't, his name. I can't, I can't say his name off the top of my head either. Right, oh man, and he was he was talking about how. You know, when he found Post, you know, the, the one of the only thing Post wanted was, you know, somebody that was going to be authentic with him. That's what they all say. But, I mean, it's necessary, but that's what they all say. But, yeah, what, my point is, mm-hmm. that dude went, he sought Post out. Dre London. He saw the opportunity. Dre London. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. But, I mean, that's the thing, though. Uh, okay. This is gonna sound racist as shit, but it's it's not. It's culture. You understand what I'm saying? Like, if somebody's gonna have control of post, I would hope it's a black person. 
<laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Because if it's a white person putting but here's posts the thing, in our though. culture, that's some fuck shit. Then, that, yeah, then it looks like a double thing, hijack. That's we what I'm talking about. Like we, we would have. I don't. I don't think he his campaign has the has the authenticity and the grit that it has if Post didn't align with the people. Right. And it's what you said is is true, but it's almost like a. It's almost like okay, y'all y'all took over the country, but y'all put us on the reservation, like. I mean, with with Post mm-hmm. being, you know, the top artist in the game, and you know, like, okay, I'm about I'm about to kind of kind of veer off a little bit, but let's 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 talk about the encapsulation of what what's really viewed as industry hot right now. Tyler the Creator wins the Grammy for Hip Hop Album of the Year, and when we look at that, mm-hmm. the culture is getting distorted now, like. Like the culture has been has been getting distorted, you know, and we used to argue that party music yeah. was distorting the culture over over street shit, but now it ain't even that. Right, right, right. It's 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 it ain't it's, even it's that. A dope nigga. white, and I, yeah. I give him this. He's a dope artist, but he's a white guy. And then you got, and then you got Tyler, who is dope as hell, but he's got his his eccentricities as well. And it's and to be honest, Igor mm-hmm. is not even a rap album. It's not a rap album at no, all. No, it's not. But we've it's allowed our culture album. to get this distorted. It's not a rap where album. you have, you know, mm-hmm. you you have some incredible albums dropping, you know, Nipsey's album, you know, and mm-hmm. and people were satisfied that they were nominated. Not not to win. We were satisfied oh, with yeah. the nomination. We felt like that was a big oh, yeah. If that doesn't show how far off we are as a culture, controlling our culture and, and having stake in our culture, oh, we, I oh. think that, that should oh, yeah. be a major red flag. Absolutely. Whew. Bro, I wish, I'm going to flip through, and while we talk, and I'm going to find the episodes where we discussed that. Because we've had those discussions, and I think we need to mm-hmm. have them again. Um. Because we have absolutely no control you know over why? our culture right now. Because we don't control. If you want to be, if you want to be honest, we don't control the deals. Okay. Like for example, if we talk about uh, yeah. what album is getting marketing money for last year, which albums do you market? Now, don't get it twisted. I think I think Igor has some incredible records. Sensational. Right. What album grabs more attention? And we we ain't talking about musical value. I mean, it's I would have rather Travis Scott won. Mm-hmm. Well, I was that's that's I was I was expecting that more than I was but, but Travis Scott. Right. But Travis Scott, we would have more been than I was either. We would have been okay with Travis when mm-hmm. he a Houston nigga. I mean, we would have been okay with that. He dope. He a little weird. Mm-hmm. All right, whatever. Most of the great ones are. Mm-hmm. But we would have been okay with that. Right. Yeah, I just think, well, I, I totally understand. I, like, I agree with what you're saying. Like, it's it's a play being, being made. It's a play that's already been made to... 
deconstruct the face of hip hop. Like this is something we said on the show before. Inside inside the culture of hip hop, we still have a belief that the face of hip hop is one thing. But because we're inside it, we don't understand what the outside world sees. You see what I'm saying? Because we have an affinity for the things that we hold near to our hearts. So we still feel like those things represent us. But from a worldview, hip hop don't look nothing like hip hop looks like Post Malone. Hip hop looks like uh Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's he looks like Jake Paul. You gotta think, you know who Jake Paul I don't. is? Okay. He is a uh former they call him the Paul brothers because it's two of them. They are brothers actually, but they Jake Paul was on Disney back in the like they but was what they called back in the day. He's a kid now, so I don't know when he was on Disney, but he went from the Disney Channel to basically being an independent rapper. Like Drake. Like Drake, but no black people know this guy. Unless you super internet heavy, like you you don't know him. But he's literally doing trap music. Him, he's been in beefs, musical beefs, rap beefs with people that's in his lane. He's a YouTube guy. But when you go check his views out, he's got more YouTube views than Drake. He's got more YouTube views than Post. He's got like, you know, 200 million type shit on his on his videos. So you ain't telling me it's 200 million people. You see what I'm saying? Watching this stuff and outside of hip hop don't view it and, as hip hop. And two, I mean, and that's that's where, you know, talking about, you know, losing the, I won't say losing control of the culture, but the, dimin- but the influence diminishing as we move more to digital music, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the hood don't matter no more. And that is a scary, scary, right. scary uh, place for us to be in with the hood yep. generating, being the genesis of mm-hmm. the culture. Yeah. Yeah, the mean, hood is where the cool so is the first. the hood don't matter because, like, this guy that you're talking about, I've never heard of him. I mean, he's, he's 200 million views. So, effectively, he's a digital star. He's gone viral. And nobody... Yep conceivably mm-hmm. has stamped this guy. Not one hood, not one one artist with connections to the hood. Just like Drake. Nobody Drake put out with cash money. Drake Nobody. don't work. Because the the culture would have rejected him. We don't work. Him nope. On his own. But the affiliation with Wayne being clicked up with that whole movement mm-hmm. made us say, oh, okay. Wayne fuck with him, he must be okay. But we're we're even past the mm-hmm. point of the cosign mattering. So, what does the future look like from here? That what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, this is what this is what our prediction is. Hip hop as we know it will continue to exist, right? But it's gonna be like. The jazz of today. You see what I mean? Like if 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 you really listen to jazz, it's it's great new jazz being created. But you gotta listen to jazz to know who the hell it is. It ain't like 
It ain't nobody getting famous like Cold Train and Miles Davis, and yeah. that shit is over for jazz. You see what I mean? But it still got a core listeners, but and then but to the world mm-hmm. doesn't really matter that much. That's where hip. That's where traditional hip hop is headed. Where it's still gonna be people doing it, and if you rock with it and you understand it, it's gonna be there for you, and it'll probably get more beautiful. You see what I'm saying? Because the yeah. people doing it ain't gonna have any expectation of getting to where these people have expectation of getting to now. It'll be doing. It'll be from the love. But what you see as hip hop, traditional people gonna have disdain for that totally because it's not. It's that is gonna be plastic. Yeah, that's not gonna I mean, be something we can love. But here's the thing: going forward, I mean. I think there's a consensus on out of this audience, the three of us, that Post Malone is dope. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, because we yeah, accept it. But I, but I also mm-hmm. think, that but we, is I mean, he dope? I feel I'm gonna speak for me, but that we feel like he's dope, like we enjoy listening to him. Like, so I think there's a there's an intelligence there, strategically to do just enough to keep mm-hmm. us engaged because if it gets too plastic, we do reject it. And when we don't like it anymore, there tends to be a trend of, of other people liking it. You know, when people devote, when, when, when Ja Rule got called out for, you know, whatever, when we started to voice Ja Rule, the game did mm-hmm. too. And I think that's still the ultimate trump card over time. Just like this guy, you know, the guy you were just talking about, I think yeah, he might be viral, he might be dope, and he might even he might even have some presence and sell some records. But he's not a he's not a post Malone, he's not a Drake. Because if the culture rejects you, you can only go so far, regardless of how incredible your music is. I think Young mm-hmm. Jock is a great example of that. Um, you know, after the deal, I mean mm. the bad boy South stuff started to die down, young Jock continued to record. And, you know, I heard some records and the records were better than anything that he had put out. Um, he was still a popular person in Atlanta, but I think the DJ culture in Atlanta rejected him. And because of that, regardless of the quality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you can't get high in Atlanta and you in Atlanta, it nothing gonna else go. matters. And this is coming off of that huge bad boy deal and major promo right. and you had the whole you had the whole universal machine behind you at that time, and I think that I think that that's still the trump mm-hmm. card. I just don't yeah. think that we that we collectively know how to play. We don't know how to push the button. I think the button pushes itself at times when something is just too plastic, like you said. We we nah yo like nah I ain't fucking with that. But if we don't push that button, then we don't. Then, then the button doesn't get pushed. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I, I, I agree. I, I agree, right? But I just don't trust. I don't trust that the 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 business music won't be so greedy that it'll run hip hop in the ground. You know and, what and I mean? When you say hip hop. You, you mean run traditional hip hop or move traditional hip hop out the way mm-hmm. and and the post Malone the latter right okay run tradition run tradition like move traditional hip hop which they've already done uh-huh. you know what I mean essentially uh because I mean you gotta think about it 
traditional hip hop albums. We getting a lot of them, but we getting them from yeah. legacy artists. I agree. You know what I mean? We getting we getting all our traditional hip hop. We we loving it and I'm enjoying it. And we getting some classic shit, but they from legacy artists. You know what I mean? It ain't too many new artists giving us traditional hip hop. They done moved that shit out of the way. They done moved the goalposts. If it ain't a cadence, so much so that even our traditional mainstays, our new traditional artists like Griselda, every once in a while, I'll give you a cadence. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Everyone's just to let you know they can do it. They got to give you a cadence, which is absolutely nuts. Um, the cadence should people should have to let us know that they can do what, what traditionally, but that's neither here nor there. They've already moved that. I don't trust that they're going to, unless the execs, which is, which is, this is a paradox, right? The, the execs would have to stay culturally sound enough. And I don't want to say black, but culturally sound enough to realize that they have to stay connected to the hood, to the streets, yeah. for them to not stay plastic and keep it alive. But if the execs don't stay culturally sound, I completely understand how they could miss that. So so here, here's the rule. And run it right? in the ground. So 100% agree with what you just said. So, okay. There was a buzz around Rhapsody for a long time, right? I mean, and not just a North Carolina buzz. I think even mm-hmm. more so outside of outside of our, our home area. Yeah, and for sure. When she yeah. dropped, absolutely. Like, let's listen. The the game did not stand up behind it. The culture did not stand up behind it. Now, you know, she got shout outs on the drop, you know, whatever. Everybody was like, yo, crazy, blah, 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 blah. Now that album had to be a transcendent document of what traditional, quote unquote, hip hop is supposed to be. When we don't deliver as a culture yep. with those opportunities, we fail. And now here's the other thing. You got somebody like Nipsey who pulled it off. <laughs> Traditional hip hop, boom mm-hmm. bap, no bullshit, no plastic shit. He pulled it off. And he was ascending. He had his hood, he had mm-hmm. LA, he had the West Coast, he had East Coast Atlanta love. Like, yeah. And then we snuff them as a culture. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, as much as we want to vilify right. the outside, we are our own worst. I enemy. agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, ain't, I don't sure. have any doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to tell you. You're right. Cause, cause, and that's funny. The 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 day I heard Layla's wisdom, I think I called you, Alan, and told you she you was did. gonna win a Grammy. You did. Yep. Yep. I, I I I remember walking to the store. I listened to it once, and I was like, "Hold on, yo." I started that joint over from the beginning. I listened to it all the way through. I stayed outside walking just to let it play. I listened to that album twice on a walk. And after I, two two listen throughs, I was like, "Yeah, this is just she's definitely gonna get nom. If she don't win one, she's gonna get nominated for a Grammy for this, no question." Like she was, and you're right. Um, I think oh, there yeah. were those yeah. in the culture Absolutely. that tried to stand up for. You know what I mean? They tried, but yeah, definitely. But but like you said, the the business and the whole hip hop coach, yeah. yeah, she they were supposed to Lauren Hill her. They supposed to be you know what I mean? Like. Right. 
I don't care uh, if you talking about seriously, yo. If you talking about her last three projects, from Crown to Layla's Wisdom to Eve, there's no way in the hell we're not supposed to be talking about her as one of the greatest female rappers of all time. Just keeping it one hundred, because those three albums, like them shits, is crazy. I think it took a while to find her wheels because I wasn't necessarily a fan of the earlier stuff, but these them last three shits is crazy. And like, and you're yeah. right, they're not they're not throwing her, yeah, Megan but you see who Curry. they are throwing up though. There you go. Well, here's the thing. There you right. go. Megan, there you go. Megan and Megan's on the same. It's got the same team. Both of them on Rock, Rock Nation. Now. Now, so we'll see. And Megan got a record with B. Now, now, <laughs> yeah, like that's what I'm saying, yo. Yeah. But, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> they doing it again. But that's that, uh, so like okay. I think okay. we understand what the album represents for for Layla's wisdom. I think we see it and we get it. But I also think that intrinsically, we don't celebrate the way. We have to, in order for that to drive the culture in the direction that we feel like it needs to be driven. That's a fact. But, mm, but that's the thing. Like, we have to. Are we age? This is just a question. I'm asking both of y'all. Are we aged out from trying to tell them what needs to be celebrated? Because the kids are going to celebrate. Or, or are the kids going to celebrate what's pumped pumped to them? Well, I, I would for me, I feel like the the young ones they're going to celebrate what's pumped to them. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't feel like. I, it's funny. I don't feel like they musically, right? They they have gr- such great discernment discernment that they know like great musical works from not good music. I feel like whatever is pumped and kind of what whatever is being pumped and championed, championed at the time, that's what they're going to gravitate to. Because that's what's popular. That's what's popular. Yeah, I mean, you always, I completely agree that you always have the programming aspect, um, which programming is just that, radio programming. We are programming you that this is right. what a hit is right. supposed to sound like. So when you hear this record six times a day, this is what a hit is supposed mm-hmm. to sound like. Not what you like, but this is what a hit is supposed to sound like. Um, there, there are several songs that ring in my mind that the first time I heard them, and they were smash hits that I legitimately thought they were commercials. And yo, <laughs> yo, nigga, <laughs> there's, nigga, there's a there's a polish to that. There's there's a there's a a mentality to say, oh, this could sell anything, even the artists, even the record, even the mm-hmm. radio station. And mm-hmm. as we talk about that programming piece, the only thing that gives me hope, and I'm going I'm to go back to talking about Tyler, even though I dissed the Grammy that he got, because I, I don't feel like that was what hip hop should be represented as. I think Tyler's an incredibly dope artist. And one of the things I loved about him was mm-hmm. his 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 ascension came from 
him being counterculture and him being that weird guy who just drops mm-hmm. crazy ass projects who it doesn't really fit a genre and it and and the people mm-hmm. elevated Tyler to the stage that he's on. I don't think there was a marketing machine behind him, but once he was elevated, that's a fact. Because of some of the other factors, everybody was like, nope. "Okay, yeah, we with it. Push that." Yeah, I I think if anything, I think Tyler should have won album of the year. I don't think he should have won hip hop. Yeah, I agree. Album of the year. I think that should have went to Nipsey. Yeah, but I yeah, but I, I think album of the year probably should have went to Tyler. Because I think that was probably the most masterful album that was released last year, um, yeah. musically. You know what I mean? But hip hop album yeah. that was clearly. But can you let Tyler win the album of the year? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just asking. I'm talking about. I'm, but can I'm I industry who? exec speaking yeah. right now? Can yeah. you let Tyler win the album of the year? Not right now. Not yet. Exactly. But they let. I mean, no, they can't. Yeah. Not until they ready to let him go. They, they'll never do that shit again. Yeah. Because the last time they did that shit, they lost Andre. They're not doing that shit no more. So y'all niggas can forget it. Andre fucked that shit up for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you believe that shit. Y'all niggas is not getting album of the year for that shit, for the hip-hop shit no more. Because they realize what y'all niggas is going to do. It's not happening no more. You forget that. Skip it and forget it like my uncle used to say. <laughs> 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 Shout out Uncle Raw. Uh but uh yeah, man. You right though. Yeah, I mean they I don't think I don't think it was time exec wise. I don't think it was time for uh just like they wasn't gonna yeah, exactly just, why you think Macklemore got it? Exactly. On the year that Kendrick was supposed to get it. They wasn't they not doing that shit with y'all no more. You not you don't even have a chance okay, to hell crazy with an album is, okay, no more. Forget in it. A, in a in a snapshot, Macklemore was incredible, right? <laughs> greatness, greatness, mm-hmm. greatness is proven over time, and I mean, sales wise, it's, it's just crazy how we become prisoners of the moment. And I mean, you got to take, you, you got to make the decision in the moment. You can't give Grammy of the year three years. You can't give Grammy for album of the year three years later. But it's just very, very interesting the horses we pick to ride in the moment. Mm-hmm. What? Well, okay. I know where this was headed. This... Yeah. They Absolutely. was moving hip-hop. You hear me? They was moving the shit. It, and, and that's kind of what I'm saying. It's been moved. It's been, it's, it hasn't been moved, bro. It hasn't been moved. Nigga, we've been moved. That shit's been gentrified. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hip hop <laughs> has been hijacked and gentrified. And and what's going on is the blurring of the line. See, the, the goal is if we blur the lines enough in between what we're pumping yep. versus what's traditional, yep. pretty soon, yeah. what we knew of the traditional basis of hip hop and what it looked like, what it felt like, if we blur the line enough and get the mass to accept what we, what the machine is behind offering and championing, we won't even have a second thought about what was. And yeah, the they got us fucked up because they done took the whole flow. Do you understand? From what it, it was, it was taken from what Rock. It was taken from what goddamn Schoolie D and them was doing, and Rock him refined it 
and gave it flow. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then Nas took that shit and, and gave it like eloquence and flow. And, mm-hmm. and every and color. Lots exactly. Color. And color. Yeah. And, and yes. Lots of color. Vivid color. And and from there, hip hop is our is has been extended and, and the flow. Everybody couldn't get to Nas level, but the flow changed. You see what I'm saying? At that point. But it's always mm-hmm. it's been it's been it's been rap. And now that shit is gone, fam. They've reduced it to some shit that anybody can do. Anybody can cadence. Anybody can you might not can come up with the words, but your ass can cadence. All right. You you see what I'm saying? Anybody can come anybody once you figure out how to cadence, you can do it. You can sit down and sing a Nas song a million times. You might not be able to write that shit. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You might not yeah. be able to sit down and write your words and say your own words like that. But a cadence, you could do it. And that's the goal because if anyone can do, there you do it, we can microwave the artist and move it. And essentially, we can get more, we can stretch it more. Mm-hmm. Make more money off of it because they know, all right, we can't get a we're not gonna get, you know, I mean 2030 Jay-Z's, 2030 Nas's, 2030 <laughs> Kendrick's, but we can get a hundred little Yes, posts. sir. And you'll definitely get a 2030 posty. Right. Absolutely. The last we can time, do that. We can keep continuously create this one over. The last time we got a white rapper that blew the requirement for his ass to be able to rap was so high that he was Eminem. Yeah. Look what we got this time. I don't even know that that motherfucker can spit an actual traditional verse. Yeah. Post Absolutely. Malone. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and as we're talking through this, um, you know, I, I like to think about the genesis of the evolution. Like, what was the, what was the, the pivot point? And as I think about it, I go back to Drake. Drake mm-hmm. was that that kind of in between. And what's crazy mm-hmm. is Drake's ascension was right when me and Abe were locked in, trapping, banging it out, and we had some philosophical yep. discussions on the mm-hmm. direction on yep. the direction of an artist who wanted to go more in that Drake direction. And we said, "No, rap, don't Didn't sing. We? You Didn't need we? to be rapping." And as we look yep. back, it's like, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that was more along that Drake lane, which now has really become the game. I mean, what, once Drake went platinum singing, it was it was over. Yo, yeah, yeah, nigga, that artist yeah. put us on the Drake. Yeah, we didn't say who it was because I mean, it was small world. Hey. <laughs> it was a small word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like he put he put us on the Drake. The first time I heard of Drake was from Small World. And my question was, after I went and listened to some Drake when I came back, my question to the world was, ain't no way in the hell he writing all this shit. And he was like, yo, word is he writing. And I was like, yo, ain't no way in the hell he writing all this shit. This nigga's not going from pinning these these bars to pinning these lovely ass RB songs. He's not. You're not telling me he's doing both of them and pulling them off like this. No, he that no the fuck he's not. And he won't. But even, but even talking about but, acceptance, do we yeah. accept that? Oh, man. Not writing your own music mm-hmm. 
Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Hell Drake no. was so much of a hybrid. No. I mean, he's from fucking Canada. No. I mean, nothing against Canadians. What's, mm-hmm. what's up? The North, whatever. Yep. But from a from a culture perspective, he ain't from <laughs> no hood, no trap, no, you know what I'm saying? Hell no. No, bro. oh hell no, shut that down. We ain't let Cardinal and, official eat. And he was hot. <laughs> yeah, and he was hot. Yeah, I, but I like Cardinal official. He was hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah he was hot. Was hot. Drake, <laughs> but Drake we didn't even let him. To align yourself, number one, Drake wasn't supposed to get on. Money. But when his, mm-hmm. on his early records, it was Houston, Las Vegas. It was talking about these, these cultural epicenters of hip-hop yep. at the time. And I don't think that it's ironic that Travis Scott yep. is one of probably – all things considered, I won't say the biggest artist in the game right now, but one of the biggest artists in the game. And he from fucking Houston, regardless of what oh, he sounds oh, like, sure. regardless yeah, of how weird sure. he is, he's a Houston a nigga. So, so there's a, a different mm-hmm. degree of us investing in him. Yeah. And even on even on the last album, you know, on Astro World, he does a tribute to DJ Screw. That cultural connection gives him a whole lot of mm-hmm. hope. And not to say that we would have rejected him because he's a dope artist. He's an incredible producer. Yeah. He got dope-ass song formats, and he's not afraid to, mm-hmm. to move the envelope. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But To try it. Exactly. To try it. Yep. In that cultural connection. And I can't think of nobody that's like, Yo, I I just Travis Scott whack. I don't fuck with him. He ain't no real nigga. Like I've never heard that. Right, a hater. If right, you, if I never you do that, that you either. a hater. Ain't no way. You got to be a hater. Cause his songs too it's high. Fucking incredible. The music sound too good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. That's yep. right. Yeah. It is. Ain't no question about that. Ain't no question about that. Man, so mm, we done touched on a whole bunch of things that I wanted to touch on. Um, but one thing I I, I wanna I wanna talk about mm-hmm. is the compromises, right? Mm-hmm. And the and the and the and the reasons for them or, or the or the ways to avoid them. You see what I mean? Because I think we got into the indie conversation, we got into the leverage leverage conversation. And I know for a fact, the more leverage you you have, the less compromises you have to make. Right. So we'll have that have this conversation with that lens already being, you know, what I'm saying, shined on the on everything else that we're doing. But from a from a from an artistic standpoint, how much compromise do you think is I necessary think, nowadays? I think everybody wants to hit. Now, mm. as an artist, mm. your leverage determines the bandwidth of what what type of hit material can you do. Classic example, and I was talking to, so I got I got a guy mm. that I work with, and he is 24. And the topic of Outcast came up, and he was like, you know, I've been in Atlanta the last couple of years, and you know, whatever. I don't, I don't get the outcast thing. And I was playing elevators at the time in my car. 
And I kind of stepped out of, you know, mm-hmm. understanding what our cast is and their cultural impact and all that shit. And just thought about, they dropped Elevators as the first single that ATL is. Which, there is nothing mm-hmm. about yeah. that record mm-hmm. that fit any type of sonic construct of what a single should be. Nothing. But because of the leverage nope. that they had generated <laughs> nope. through being nope. high in Atlanta and dropping Southern Playalistic, there was an acceptance to the single as just a good fucking dope-ass song. Yeah. I think Outkast was hugely successful because they didn't compromise. Facts. But they didn't compromise because their artistic leverage was through the roof. That's a fact. Right. And and, and what I see now is pe- people making compromises because their artistic level isn't through the roof, but because they but i think it's because the examples that set out in front of them or the main ones that's being pushed or what has become the face of hip-hop it doesn't require the level to it does it, it, they're not looking at high level caliber art artistry yeah i agree it is it's that so and, they kind of i feel like they kind of feel like they can take a shortcut but not knowing that taking a shortcut in the long run is going to cause them to have to sacrifice more Right, but what they're looking for ain't necessarily the same things that Outkast was looking for, and ain't the same thing that we was looking for. Like we That's was, true. we was looking to be the nicest. Mm-hmm. We was thinking we had to be the nicest to get to the top. You see what I'm saying? Like the way they looking at it is, I just want to be on top. I just want to be famous. I just want to be lit. I don't have to be the yeah. nicest to be lit. I just got to be the most lit to be lit. <laughs> yeah, fact. You know what I mean? So that I think is is gonna gonna dictate what sound you choose to get where you're going. What sound you choose is your vehicle. You know what I mean? Like if you if you have, well, how did you put it? Being able to attain that artistic level. Mm-hmm. If you can attain a certain artistic level, then you, I think, you expect to be able to create a certain type of art. Your expectations of what yeah. you chasing, you see what I mean? Like what your goals change, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You don't find too mm-hmm. many, you know, Jay-Z is a is a is an example of somebody with extremely high level of talent. And then on the and then but he also wanted to get to a specific place. Right. Versus right. a Nas that had a high level of talent and didn't really seem like or realize he wanted to get to a certain place. For a long well, time, Nas I think just wanted to you, be an artist. You talk about Jay Z yeah, and Nas yeah. in mm-hmm. that perspective. I think mm-hmm. Jay Z, talent wise, and, and you know, I go back to the greatness takes time, was a late bloomer in regards to that supreme level of talent that we're talking about. But I think as a businessman, he was smart enough to to pick a hard not life. Um, to to do songs with Timberland that felt more organic Mm -hmm. because even Nas did that Um, because they still knew that in order to be successful, in order to keep doing this rap shit, I got to have hits. So even though they were, even though Nas is immensely talented and Jay-Z is supremely talented, which displayed more over time, 
I think that that pressure to make a hit was was is, is still on everybody's neck. I mean, you know, you, you think back to Jay-Z's second album, and you know how he touts that second album, but you belong to the city fucking flopped. And, and that wasn't a direct bad As boy shit. Okay, bad boy taking all these old rock records and remaking them. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I mean, but they I'm did it. About stylistically, the not even a jack. Bad boy you know did that for them. But that yeah, hit right. me. I mean, stylistically, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure, yeah. right. for sure. Style, stylistically, yeah, what, the whole album was bad. It was, was his attempt at, at doing a Biggie album. It didn't work. It did, but he didn't have the panache to pull it exactly. off the way Biggie pulled off a hit. Exactly. He, I mean, just it's a different type of artist, but that hit pressure was on him even then. And he did. we continued to see that until he grew to the point where I know I'm nice enough that I don't have the gun for it here. I just got to make outstanding records. And I mean, did we, did we, I think it was American Gangster saw that, that, that version of Jay-Z. He just made incredible records. And was well, like, he just hey, didn't give a shit. He just went for it. Yeah, he was still swinging yeah. for. He had yeah. a couple of because yeah, even on um, Kingdom um, Come, you could yeah, tell he was like still swinging for. He was still trying. For the, this gonna yeah. be for the hood right here. Mm-hmm. You know, the mama I made it and shit like that. But he still mm-hmm. had to try to make yeah, sure. Yeah, he's still that, trying it. Hey man, you know. Yeah, I got to make sure that these releases and these companies still want to invest in me. You know, you look at you know Magna Carta. Magna Carta was definitely that 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 album definitely had some some swings on it. I'm not gonna say some hits. And now I go back and listen to it. That album was way ahead of its time. I think that album has it aged extremely well because I. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It is aged extremely Damn. well, but she was crap. He was still he had a couple <laughs> of swings, and you know when you're formatting the record for a particular artist, yeah. I mean for a typical a, a particular audience, excuse me. You, that's not being an artist intrinsically, just like painting and painting. Painting for a, per- a certain person to like it. That's a product. That's not art. Mm-hmm. D- exactly. Absolutely. And, and anytime you do that, there's some level of compromise. Because you're not anytime. creating for the spirit of creating greatness, you know, trying to be the nicest. Right. To, you, to, to reference your point, you're creating for an effect. To sell the record, spend the record, sell myself. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think I needed this conversation. This is like some therapy or some shit. <laughs> For real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, because this is, this is a, a side note, and we do this from time to time. Mm-hmm. This is a side note. Uh, as far as beats go, right? I could sit down and, and technically make beats you know what i mean but because of my expectation of myself none of that shit was fuck. and you've always been the worst none of it you understand I, what i mean so this motherfucker has thrown away beats yeah, that i know yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know i know like yo that there's been times i know i'm told you talking about that the other day man it's havoc almost threw away like Angels having sex right now, man. What are you doing, bro? Like, 
I don't like that shit. Bro, I don't care if you like it. This shit is fucking amazing, man. Like, what are you doing? No, man, I'm going to delete this bullshit. Like, I come back to the studio the next day like, yo, hey, man, where that shit you were playing last night? Man, I break that shit. Uh, uh, yeah, I believe. Yeah, it. but it be nasty. It should be trash. <laughs> it should be trash. I'm trying to tell you, I know trash oh. right here, and I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, shit be ass. But uh, this stuff though, that's like right now, I don't even think I let myself get to a point where I'm making ass. You see what I'm saying? Because my expectations so high, like. But I need to get out of the expectation mm. and just what's get your, back to what's trying your to be the best. expectation is to be the best. Like to make the best product I could possibly make while I'm sitting down. My expectation is to hear the best. Like, I want to be sitting down doing it. But you see what I'm saying? Like, doing the best work while I sit down. Because at one point in time, I could just turn the machines on and do the best work. Like, right now, I have to, I have to skip that. I can't do the best work. Because I'm so not doing the this. work Do is, is ridiculously time, clunky. He was in the middle of painting, felt like every piece that he was painting was going to be world-renowned down the road. Or do you think he just artistically created? No, I don't think he thought it was going to be world-renowned. I think he was artistically creating. But in that space, I think Picasso could... Whip up his paint, oh, mix his colors, pick that, that palette with his eyes closed. But exactly, exactly. I can't worry about that. You see what I'm saying? Like, I because I don't, I don't have that right now. So I, you see what I mean? I don't have it. So I, I got to worry about the end result being the best I could possibly be. Because if I get caught exactly. up on I what's happening it. while I'm in the moment, I'll never get to the end. You mean this? You see what I'm saying? So I just gotta skip that part. Cause back in the day, I was like, say when I was 19, 18, mm -hmm. I didn't give a fuck if I knew how to use the equipment or not. I was just trying to get to the end result. It wasn't about being good or being beautiful in the process. It was about the end result. I gotta get back to trying to be the fucking best. Fuck the the process. You see what I'm saying? And in that, I'll find my eyes closed Picasso shit over time. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm not allowing too. myself so, that time. You know, we talk about artistry and compromises and product. I think that there's a there's a lane where, I mean, to me, I think that a studio should be a safe space, and I feel like the creativity should be literally sling the fucking paint on the wall and let it dry, and let's see how other people evaluate it because yeah. I think. You know, I put too much pressure on myself in the yep. studio because you go mm -hmm. in trying to create this thing where you're not being an artist at that point. You're trying to produce a product and that completely sterilizes the experience. And I think, to be honest, mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of what's wrong with hip hop. You look at a lot of producers that are not very creative. They they are working to generate a sound. They're not working to create. They want to sound like this, so this type of person can rap on it, so this person can 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 make some money or 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 whatever that mm -hmm. end result, that final result is, and that's what stagnates the game. That's what stagnates the culture. That's what stagnates our sound. I believe that too. 
I believe that too. Absolutely, one hundred percent, wholeheartedly. <clears throat> Cause you that that's that's not art. Do you know what I mean? Like if I'm if it's I'm hard to sell product is hard. It's hard to make art. Product you make art anyway. all day. It's hard to sell art, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, art is a lot. Actually, once you art, it's easy to make them product. It doesn't matter. Truthfully, because if you because if you just make an art, you and just what's it crazy doesn't matter. Is I think that's how Tyler is. Yeah. That's why the shit come out like that. That's why the shit come out like that. That's why it's so beautiful. And that's how I used to make music. That's exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. You see what I'm saying? Like I'm talking about early, early, early. I think there was some. I think the years me and you was around the like running. Oh yeah, me, we, you were, and AK, we were definitely in the product. Mode. I think I got to a point and where it was, I wasn't it was over far product. enough that in my progression that I could value the art. I knew I liked the art. Like I enjoyed the artistic part of it, but I didn't understand as a businessman mm-hmm. at that time that art is what I should have been pushing. A lot of what my business, a lot of what governed my business decisions mm-hmm. for a long time, was mm. the product, and 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 ultimately, I think it's yeah. everything yeah. that possibly yeah. could have came out of the the that 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 idealistic time, um, because. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I mean, to look back that. on it, I totally, you know, me and you, I totally me and you used to have the debates all the time. It was like you wanted the greatest art, I wanted the greatest product, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed I enjoyed the mm-hmm. art more than you did. Uh huh. Shit, that was the that was exactly. the demise of me and you right exactly. there. That's exactly. a fact. You enjoyed the art more than I did. That's a fact. That's a fact. That exactly. was exactly that, that right was, there. That what was you just the said was the demise of me and you relationship. Ultimately, derailed our 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 business direction. Exactly. Yeah. Because I was a hundred percent product working relationship. When we go into yep, this room, sure. or when we yep. get this offer, or when we have this conversation with whoever, we got to have the product that generates the leverage. But in the studio, artistically, I was a hundred percent art. Hey, bro, don't delete nothing. Keep mm-hmm. everything. Like fuck that shit. We. I want to hear everything that we can possibly right. do. <laughs> right. You right. value the art right. to, to say, you know right. what, if, if, and yeah. if it's not the type of art and product that I want, then fuck that shit. I don't care. So you were the consummate artist, but I was the artist enjoyer, but I was pushing product. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you were the consummate businessman. You see what I'm saying? So in, in with the with the impasse, mm-hmm. I understand it because you was doing business. You couldn't turn back. It took me to you understand years what I'm right saying? Now, like it, you know how I many years <laughs> it took me to understand that. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a fact. Yo, art over commerce. I bet I don't make that fucking mistake again. <laughs> I tell you that that'll never happen again, bro. I will. You know what? It happened again. <laughs> it happened again, son. Okay. But on this side, I was on the I was on the commerce side. I was you. 
You see what I'm saying? Like it happened again. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it didn't create an impasse, but we just went the wrong. We went the wrong way. Like we we should have done things differently. We had an opportunity to do things a certain way, and we we went with what made the most sense business wise, yeah. and we not made the most sense art wise. Over time, yeah, it's, and it it's, fucked it's shit like, up. It's like it's like not instantly, that the but over time. Thing. Like you don't notice it at first, but over time, it wears on how this machine rolls yeah. in. In order to be a successful business, mm-hmm. you have to be able to travel at light speed without damaging the machine. And if you don't have that outline, if you don't have that structure, if you don't have that foundation built, because like as a businessman, as a music businessman, I was I was green as could be. I never made my mm-hmm. first beat till I started fucking with you. I never was in my first studio before I started fucking with you. So I was learning. I have a business acumen. Mm-hmm. And I had a music appreciation, but I didn't have a music business understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can't have that shit until you try it. That's that's what I understood. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't have a music business understanding you until your ass try to get in the music business. You see what I mean? And once we got... Mm-hmm. There you go. And once we got to a certain point, it was like, yo, I just turned the keys over to you. You know what I mean? So, because your acumen business-wise was higher than mine. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? It but, didn't make sense for me to be trying to do the business. Said, it made sense for me to be trying to do the music. You have to play to your strengths in any organization. And I mean, as you talk about music business as a whole, I think that's the key. If you have an incredible artist, okay. I mean, like, you look at somebody like Kanye, mm-hmm. who you know, who at the time that he was trying to do his thing, I can't remember how many years I waited for college dropout to come out. From the time that I heard that it was coming out and I heard his records and I went back and did my research on his discography, I literally looked for that album for a year because it got delayed several times. And I would go in record stores and I knew he didn't have a a major push, but I knew that shit was going to be dope. Now, fast forward to now where He's, you know, one of the greatest artists of our generation. He was extremely artistic. Without, without, without. Yes, Lord. Idealizing the product. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I do know what you're saying. Say it again, though, he and explain it to them because I understand it, but I want you to make sure. I want to make sure idealizing the product, meaning he didn't say the product is supposed mm-hmm. to look like this. He knew what his artistry was, and he continually worked mm-hmm. on it to develop it, and it took him in directions that he didn't know he was going. If you listen to College Dropout, you don't expect for him to work with John Bryan. Yeah. But when he right. worked with John Bryan, he created some of the most incredible mm-hmm. music ever. That's a fact. Yeah, that that that's when I became a Kanye fan. Ain't that crazy? But <laughs> it, it, I mean, yeah. So I totally understand what you're saying. I, that's that's a that's a gift, right? To be able to create, to be able to create art, mm-hmm. and not 
idealize it until it's finished, until the idea is complete. Because mm-hmm. you know I mean? Cause Cause if you creating, idealize it while you're, you're driving it, to a you point, stifling what it's you're a doing. destination at, at that side. And I think that that was how I used to really look at projects right. all the time. It was a, a means to an end. I want us to get, I mean, and a lot of times I had the vision of who I wanted to work with. I mean, it, it was crazy because when I, when I worked with YG um, early, like before he really blew, I mean, Tooted and Booted was a hit, but he wasn't, you know, multiple albums mm-hmm. in. When I met him and we were working together in my studio and right. I told him, I said, hey man, you know, it will be, and he had his management team there. It was him and Mustard. And what's crazy is Mustard was there and nobody paid him attention. So let me fast forward. Let me rewind back to one of the biggest regrets of my career. And I got like a thousand mm. of them. My top regret is not buying five beats from Mustard and just stashing them like I did everybody else. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, he was, I mean, Mustard was in my crib with the computer cooking up. He was like, yo, if anybody want beats, oh, let me man. know. Cool motherfucker, no bullshit, no nothing. Um, yeah, I know. I fucked that one up completely. I, I... Damn, D-boy. <laughs> Bro, you niggas, niggas, niggas. I got some niggas right now, uh, nigga. That but, ooh, we. But the thing that I that well, why was when I, I was working I with him, Shit. I was like, "Yo, you know, you from LA, you know, you blood, you know, it would be crazy if you linked up with Jeezy." Literally, that was a real conversation. No bullshit. Mm-hmm. YG was at the point of that's nuts. where he didn't even think it was possible at that time. He was like, man, that'd be crazy as hell. He was like, yo, man, like, I don't even know anybody mm. who who could get me into that network. When I talk about the vision of going into the studio, that at times is mm. either my greatest asset or sometimes my greatest detriment. Being able to say, okay, this is where we need to go. But that can be so destructive to the creative process. Mm-hmm. Mm. I put it to you like this. It's only destructive to the creative got, process if it you don't You got to try it, but... You got to try it. But what is it? Well, what is it you understand what I'm saying? Like you you got to try it. What does it do to the creativity <clears throat> when the goal is X? Not when the goal mm. is to create. Ah. Uh, because if the goal saying. is to create with getting signed by Jeezy, right, creativity right, takes right, a back seat right, right, to the right, goal. Right, right. That's a fact. You're creating product. That's a fact. So in that situation, what you're creating is the look. You're creating product that will fit into this structure. Mm-hmm. Whatever that structure mm-hmm. is. Right. Because mm-hmm. in that situation, we ain't even really thought about whether the song would sound good, what the song gonna be about. None, mm-hmm. none of that is even, yeah, we just talking about how this is it gonna, is gonna it's a tool to align motion. us with a, a specific it's, it's product. It's a it's a tool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But see shit, that's what most people's albums are nowadays. That's all the feature is. That's all the feature is. Is a, is an alignment to uh, ensure a specific outcome. 
I'm gonna get some streams from this person's fans. I'm gonna get some streams from this person's fans. I'm gonna get some streams mm-hmm. from this person's fan. You know what I mean? I got six six features on here from the hottest artists in the game. I'm good. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do fifty thousand first week. So let me ask. And you, I ain't got no fan. I've never first. had this conversation with either of you guys. <laughs> but talking about that feature, the 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 outcome of the feature, the mentality behind the feature, typically, because some people genuinely do features out of love, but that's the minority. That's not that's not typical. 